Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. How's dinner, everybody? Good. You can continue to keep eating. We're going to transition, though, to the next part of our evening, uh, where we're going to have a 15-minute conversation. Uh, It's kind of one-sided, unfortunately, but uh, that's okay. I'm going to open it up after I'm done talking for you to talk. Uh, But you won't be talking with just me. You'll be talking with people, obviously, at your table about our topic. So if you've been following with us the last few weeks... We are doing a series right now called Balanced. How many of you guys have been here the last two weeks? Collectively, last two weeks, anybody? All right. We know that you all haven't been here the last two weeks. That was really just a test. I'm just kidding. But no, honestly, we have been doing a series called Balanced. It's been a financial series. We're focusing on two really important aspects, stewardship and generosity, okay? Now, as we did last month and what we're going to do tonight as well What we're going to do is I'm going to lay a couple of quick foundational pieces here. So if you could pay attention to me for about 10 to 15 minutes tops. And then once we're done with this part, you're going to have a conversation at your table. At your table, you've got conversation cards that look like this. You guys should all have them. The questions will also be up on the screen behind me as well once we're done talking. Three simple questions for your table to interact with that go along with the topic from this evening. Okay? So... If you've been following along with us, we've been teaching again each week on some things related to money. But if we're honest, we've kind of dialed it back a little bit and not just talk strictly about finances. We've talked about how to surrender our heart. We've talked about making sure that we are bought into believing in a vision in the process. There's a lot of things that go into this conversation around balanced that are far more about your heart, your posture, and where God is trying to move in the midst of your spiritual formation and the journey that God has you on, and less to do with how you balance a checkbook, to use an old school term. How many of you guys still balance a checkbook? Anybody? Emmy, you balance a checkbook? Raise your hand. Nice. (laughs) Teach them young, y'all. Executive pastor style, right? Absolutely. Teach them how to do that art. So, yeah, a lot of you guys maybe still do that. Maybe you guys do electronically. You have apps nowadays that can do that. So we say balance a checkbook. That's an old school terminology. But maybe you actually use an app or some kind of way on your computer to track your spending, things like that. However you choose to do that, maybe some of you are like, man, I have no clue. Money comes in my account every couple of weeks and it exits my account. And beyond that, I don't really know what happens. This series is designed for you, right? And so as we've been talking about in this series, we uh, have really tried to push and emphasize with you that we have podcasts available. So if you've missed the last two weeks at any point, this is a very practical sermon series. We do it once a year. It's a one-stop shop for us to really talk about money in a healthy way as a church. I would encourage you to go back and do that. Tonight, I want to read one passage to kind of get us started, and then I want to give you some Five simple steps related to finances and living generously. Tonight we're talking strictly about generosity. 
The first week, we talked a lot about stewardship and the impact it can have on our heart to learn to live within a certain means, like 80%, for example, and learn to give away 10% of your household income and learn to save 10% as a general rule of thumb. Now, however your family chooses to do that, we're okay at Awaken. Our biggest thing is that you live into stewardship and generosity and that you do it consistently, okay? So consistency is a big part of this. For a lot of you, if we're just going to be honest, right, and, and I don't know what your household looks like, but I'm not interested in getting to a percentage of what you give back to Awaken. We're not interested in what you are trying to save percentage-wise. I care about you being able to honestly look at your household and say, I'm honoring the Lord with what we're doing. Because as we discussed in week one, absolutely nothing is yours. Zero. Everything belongs to the Lord. He's given you the gifts. He's given you the talents. He's given you the time and the resources. You go to a job and you apply them. That paycheck, though, that you get is still not yours, although we live like it's ours. There's a sense of entitlement. So God challenges that mentality all throughout Scripture to say, hey, that's all mine. I'm allowing you to use it. That's called stewardship. There's this other major component, though, within the Christian walk called generosity, and it's where we begin to live in such a way that our heart is transformed, how we bless other people. And this is more, again, going along with our theme, more than just a money conversation. So if we go back all the way to the book of Acts, this is the early church days. Jesus has just ascended back up to heaven. Peter gave this incredible sermon. Thousands of people came to know Christ. And this is the ending of chapter 2, where you'll see the early church beginning to form. And I want you to look at this passage. It's a popular one. We've used it here in numerous ways. But I want you to look at it through the lens of generosity. So here we go. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. A deep sense of awe or answer prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles or miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met at homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So the first thing I want to talk through tonight, my first opening, basic, unapologetic, foundational statement for you to understand about generosity, this is not about what you do. Okay, so I wrote it this way. Here, if you want to take notes or you just want to follow along here, we don't do generous things. We become a generous person because of our identity in Christ. This is really, really important because it takes the onus off of a transaction that you did to bless someone, and it gets to the heart of where Jesus is always trying to take us to, which is I'm trying to transform the character and the person. I'm not just trying to make you do better things. I'm trying to cause you to become someone different. Do you guys see that distinction? It's really important. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is not concerned about you doing good things. Jesus is interested in you becoming more Christ-like. Generosity is no different. 
So many people, when we talk about generosity, they're quick to say, I do this, right? Or you, that's how we use a metric to evaluate generosity. And I guess the perspective shift that I would encourage all of us tonight as we talk about generosity within this balance series is that I'm going to encourage you to think through it's not about so much what you do, it's about who you're becoming. And this would go back to the first week when I taught in this series about there's this heart of surrender where God is trying to bring us to. Where you don't own everything, God does, so I surrender over these things. And many of us have this tight grip over our money, our resources, our stuff, our things, our materials, and we live like it's ours. And so part of understanding generosity is understanding that for us, God wants to move us to a place where we have this open hand posture, okay? Every, all the kids in the room, everybody look up here. Kids, everybody, hold your hand like this. Kids, everybody, right? Open hand, all right? What we don't want to do is have a closed fist. Everybody do a closed fist, right? Not helpful. You see, God can't take things in and use you in the process and exit out the process. So if you have an open hand posture, God is able to take things, place them in your possession for a period of time, and then allow you to bless other people with it. We see that all throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, and also the New Testament once Jesus has come. That's very, very important. So here are five simple things here that you're going to talk about at your table. Hopefully there are some things here you can take away, because my job tonight is not to do a full sermon. My job is to give you some practical steps to have a conversation around. I don't have all the answers. I know people who have a lot of financial wisdom. There are people in our church who can help you. We've got a great finance team who would love to sit down with you if you need help. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to apply the basic steps into your life that we're going to have a conversation around tonight. Okay, so five simple things here pertaining to generosity. Number one, generosity can be planned and budgeted. Generosity can be planned and budgeted. Here's what I do, in case you're curious. Every month, I set aside 50 bucks every month in my budget for me to do whatever I want with pertaining to generosity. Now, 50 bucks is not a lot of money. Maybe it is for you, maybe it's not for other people in the room. Doesn't matter, right? It's what the Watkins household does. So if I decide that I'm out with Kevin and we're hanging out and we're grabbing uh, dinner one night and I decide I want to buy Kevin's dinner and he didn't think that he was going to have his dinner picked up, that's okay. It comes out of my 50 bucks and I budget that month. And Kevin loves it, right? He's like, hey, man, you don't have to do that. Hey, man, it's my treat tonight. I just want to hang out with you. you know. And he views that as a blessing in his life, right? And Kevin probably goes home in that moment and says, Faith, hey. She's like, well, how much do you spend on, you know, that's, I love Faith, right? We'll pick up Faith for a second. Faith, hey, Kevin, <clears throat> you guys have a good time? Great. Hey, how much money do you spend tonight? Kevin's like, I didn't spend anything, right? Phil got the tab. Oh, I love Phil. He's the best, right? This is, this is how you would say that. Absolutely, right? The reality is generosity is contagious. But before we can get to the contagious side of generosity, it starts with us figuring out how do we plan it in our life ahead of time. Now, there are some really cool things coming down the pipe in the next few weeks that we're going to announce through the Vision Check series about how this can be played out in your missional communities. But before we can get there, I want you to think through as a household and as an individual, how can you set aside money every month in your budget just to simply bless someone? And maybe you don't spend all 50 bucks that month or whatever your household decides, so it kind of snowballs to the next month. So, hey, now this month I got 100 bucks. 
Fast forward two or three months, and you're someone that you love dearly that's maybe in your missional community, their washing machine goes out, and they need 200 bucks. Guess what? You're able to take that 200 bucks that you've been using for four months in a row and buy that washing machine for that person. Not because it feels good to you, although absolutely there is a benefit of that. The goal is that you can live generously because you planned ahead to be used by God in that moment. You see, God wants to use us as a resource, as this vehicle of generosity. But if we don't plan ahead and aren't good stewards, generosity will never flow freely from our lives. Does that make sense? So you can absolutely plan ahead and budget when it comes to generosity. Number two, generosity isn't just about money. Get creative. We talked a lot in the series about our finances. It's a huge thing. It's something that I, and I've shared this before, I sometimes have a hard time with this because I've grown up going to churches and being a part of church communities where I feel like it hasn't always had a healthy conversation or perspective around money. For me, if I had to put a label on it, this is how I would label it. Many times, giving in churches comes down to obedience. You are supposed to, you are called However, ter- whatever terminology you want to use, but it's about obedience. Are you going to obey the rule that we've created for you to give 10%? And we've pushed against that really hard at Awaken, not because 10% is bad, right? I think 10% is a great place for your household to start and grow from there. I'm all about the 10%. But as a tool, not out of an act of obedience. Because God's not interested in you checking a box. He's interested, again, back to the fundamental point, and not what you do, but in what you become, the transformational process. That's about personal discipleship. That's about what you can do within your community. So get creative, right? We're not just talking about money. We're talking about many of you have cars, homes, resources. You have time. You've got skill set. Find ways to get creative and bless other people. Man, it's great if you can set aside 100 bucks a month to give away to someone. But if you're too busy to ever give your time and your skills to other people, then how effective are you really being at being generous within your community, right? It's a holistic, holistic perspective, right? Let's look at the whole thing. How are you being generous with all aspects of your life? So it's not just about money. Get creative, all right? Everybody head nods. We're good. Number one, quick recap. Generosity can be planned and budgeted. Number two, generosity isn't just about money. Get creative. Number three, Generosity is something that allows us to live on mission. Generosity is something that allows us to live on mission. Hopefully you get borderline tired of hearing us say this, but you're just going to have to get used to it. It's part of who we are. We are a church that lives into three fundamental rhythms. And I love these rhythms. They're so huge. They're personal and they're corporate, meaning it's about you, the person, but also about how we live and interact in community. And the last rhythm that we have, which is sending out, is that God has created each of us, no matter what your skill set is, no matter how your personality type is, I don't care if you're extroverted or introverted, every single one of us are designed to be a missionary for God. Every single one of us. And so as you go as an individual, as a family, as an MC, as a church, we go on mission together. Guys, if you're not stewarding and if your heart isn't open to generosity, you will never be able to live into the mission that God has called you to. Please hear me. Let me say this really quick again. 
If you do not steward your finances well, if you don't have a heart that's open to generosity, you will never be able to live on mission well. Man, and who doesn't in this room, who doesn't want to live on mission? Who doesn't want to join in with where God is going? I know I do. And the last thing I want is my own personal lack of stewardship and generosity to get in the way of where God's trying to take me. Because I love walking into somewhere and seeing where God's at work and saying, hey, I, I got 20 bucks to throw towards that. No problem. It's in my budget. Right? I love that. But if I walk into that room and I'm like, hey, that's really cool. I really feel like God's tugging on my heart. But man, I just bought this new Xbox game and pff, it's really cool. But I spent 60 bucks on it and my power bill hasn't been paid yet. I need my power bill to play Xbox. Ugh, awkward. 20 bucks. Right? And that's, that's a stupid example, but figure out whatever your thing is, right? Eating out with your friends, eating out in general, not budgeting well, whatever the, whatever the thing is for you. But it's something that's probably holding you back from living on mission. Not just blessing other people, but living into where God is taking you on mission. So generosity is absolutely something that allows us to do that. I'm going to come back to this one in just one second. Number four, give stuff away. We'll talk about some week number one. I want to highlight it again this one. Hopefully at some point you took this challenge seriously. I'd love to hear stories. I've heard zero stories so far about how you've given something away and maybe how God used that. So this is your last week of the series. You have till next Saturday night to follow through with this. The challenge was simple. Just to find one thing in your life, a resource. It can be money. It can be a thing. But find something just to give it away. And again, this begins to peel back the fingers that are so tightly gripped around our stuff and our money, and it changes our heart when we give things away because we realize it wasn't ours to begin with. So generosity comes back to this heart of, hey, how can I be giving things away, right? Now, I have a three-year-old, right? And so I'm constantly in this growing of child things. And so I'm always like trying to get rid of stuff, which is partially because I'm somewhat of a neat freak and I don't want everything in my house. But there's also an ability for me to teach my child at a very early age, how can we bless other people, right? I'm not against goodwill. I use goodwill all the time. I'd rather give it to someone that I know and bless them and their situation. So what are the things in your life right now, whether it's a, an item or money, that you can just find a way to give away to someone? And I would say as an act of generosity, if you're so quick to hold tighter onto things, instead of letting things easily go in your life, there's a heart problem behind that. And God wants to move you from that. One of our pathways is generosity. And as God moves you in on that pathway, part of that is understanding that as you mature as a Christian, that needs to continue to take place. So letting go of things is a huge part of this practical step. And last but not least here, number five, generosity can be one of our strongest opportunities to share the good news. Generosity can be one of our strongest opportunities to share the good news. I don't have time because I'm already over time, so I'm just going to say this really, really quickly. You could probably all quickly see how an opportunity of you being generous opens up a conversation for you to have with someone that maybe you would have never had. Have you ever bought someone's coffee behind you at Starbucks before? It's one of the coolest things. If you haven't done it, do it this week. That's your giving, that's giving something away. That's where you buy someone's Starbucks behind you. Not in the drive-thru. Like, I want you to talk to them. Walk into the store, buy their coffee, right? Get your butt out of your car 
get, get like 20 steps in and get back in the car, but like have a conversation. Find a way, buy someone's lunch at, at a restaurant, wherever it is, find something easy that you can do to be generous and bless someone and see how God can use that moment. Because I guarantee you, the more that you live generously, the more that you're going to see gospel conversations pop up in your life. Not only if you're a parent or a grandparent in the room, will you begin to teach your kids how as a family this looks like, and, and that's a huge building block for a family. But number two, you're showing the world around you that Christians aren't these money hoarders that can't figure out how to love the world. There's a lot of us out here. Let's show the love of Jesus through generosity, not through hoarding. We should be the most generous people on the planet because we understand what selfless generosity is because of what God the Son, God the Father did by sending his son Jesus. And what Jesus did by sending his spirit and what the spirit does by sending us as the modern church. We have a sending God who's generously giving up constantly things to us. We should be the first to model that generosity. Does that make sense? So there's your 15, 20 minutes tonight. I went over a few minutes here. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Perfect. You've got three questions on your table. They're super simple. They're open-ended. They're designed for you to have a conversation. If your table wants to kind of take one question and kind of go off a different rabbit trail, that's okay. Just stay within the balance theme is all I'm asking. So if you want to go back to last week or two weeks ago, or you want to have a follow-up conversation off of one of these questions, I'm cool with that. Just stay within the parameters of the balance theme. Cool? Head nods. Head nods are helpful. We're all good. Awesome. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to have a conversation for about 20 minutes. God, thank you so much for our time to hang out this evening, for our chance to now have a conversation at a church, just for the fact that we can be creative and have things like this right now in the midst of the chaos, the noises, the chili, the indigestion, all the things, God, that are happening right now. God, I just pray that you would honestly, God, at this moment, my biggest prayer is that you would anoint each of these conversations we're about to have. That you would allow us to be moved, that you would allow us to be held accountable, and that you would not let us stay where we are, but that we would continue to move on the journey you're taking us on as disciples of Christ, as missionaries who have been sent by you to live generous lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks. Connie picked her color. She picked, Connie picked blue. Hey guys, uh, hopefully your tables had some great uh, conversation. Uh, if you're a parent in the room and you're trying to round up your child, we get it. We embrace the chaos. But we're going to have about a five to ten minute panel discussion. This is the last thing we're doing tonight before we end in uh, two songs of worship uh, that our band will lead us in as well. So um, what we wanted to do in this moment uh, would give you a chance to either ask one of the three of us a question, uh, maybe it's something pertaining to, the, and I'll open up to the whole series. So the whole balance series, maybe you want to ask a question about stewardship or generosity, maybe you have a question about Awaken, how we handle our finances, maybe you have a question about uh, stocks that you want to ask Jeff about, because he's brilliant about stocks, I don't really know that. I, I own one stock in yep. T-Mobile because they gave it to me. For yeah, free. see, he's our stock expert. It's worth like $70. Yeah. I'm going to retire on that. What's, uh, whatever questions you want, we'll, uh, we'll do our best. And, uh, but, or if you had a follow-up question to a, 
a question at your table or even just a really cool story you wanted to share that you think could help other people. So kind of an open-ended, this is your time for the next five to ten minutes. Anybody want to go first with a question that they have pertaining to finances, the balance series, or generosity tonight specifically? Don't all go at once. All right, perfect. I'll come to you. So I feel like, and we're not the first people to, you know, have a baby, but I, I find that, like, <laughs> um, when you have a baby, your resources seem like they're just depleted in, in every single way. And I find more now that my tendency to be generous is not as great as it was before because it's like I feel like I, my tank is just so empty. And... I always wonder, like, okay, how do I get back into having a more generous attitude and mindset when, you know, you find that you're, like, <laughs> barely surviving the day? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Connie, you've had four kids. How'd you guys do it? Not that your amount of kids makes you an expert, but you guys have been practicing that. You're bougie people. Expensive. I know. I know. I hang out with Mike. He's bougie. In a good way. I like bougie people. I think for me, the biggest thing, I like to be generous. I like to help people out. So I think when my kids were especially little, I would feel guilty that I couldn't help in certain ways. So I think what Philip said was key, that it's not always about money. Sometimes it's about time. So I had, I had little kids, and the way that I could be generous was say, hey, I'll take your little kid too and add to my brood for the night so that you guys can go and have a date night. So I'd find different ways like that. So, And one thing I had to remember too in that stage of life when you're sleep deprived and yeah, it's easy to pass up opportunities to be generous because you just want to take a nap. I had to remember that sometimes generosity is supposed to hurt a little bit. Like, it's supposed mm. to be stretching, yeah. and that's okay, and I need to step into that. So finding little ways and building off of those, because, yeah, it's, kids are expensive, and, right, mm -hmm. yeah, and finding ways to put money aside at certain times so that I could help, so. I think it eb ebbs and flows, too. Like, I know for, there have been seasons for Emmy and I where, uh, man, it was like, man, how are we going to pay any of these bills and keep our lights on and then there are months we're like wow we have a little bit extra this month and not being like let's go shopping you know but let's let's find a way to steward that money well and if part of that stewardship god also moves us to be generous from that i think that's for me a big part of it and i would just for, maybe it's just me i will say though i've been doing this exercise for about six months now roughly the step number one i gave everyone tonight about budgeting generosity that said inside that 50 bucks for me, it has turned in one of the coolest things for me. And so even as a young family, it could be 20 bucks, right? It, figure out something that you're like, we spend that on going through a drive-thru and we don't think twice about it. Take that thing and just don't go through the drive-thru that month and pick that money and figure out a way to bless other people with it. But it will change that heart of like, I feel like I can't do anything. I think maybe I would challenge you, maybe there's um, a financial number that maybe you've subconsciously assigned to that like maybe we aren't so generous because we aren't able to give that much but thinking through how you can give within where you're at in the season what came to mind when faith was saying that and as you're answering you sort of 
said the same thing, but this is a principle, not a percentage. Yeah. So the percentage is going to change after the kids and that kind of thing, but the, the, the principle is let's live a generous life and choose to be generous with our time, treasure, or, or money at some point. Yeah. But the percentage may change. So. I think the biggest thing for us right now is just time. Yeah. And I know that... <laughs> I didn't even realize that was there. Um, I know that, that we can do better about time. It's just, like you said, sometimes you're like, I would really just like to take a nap, you know, and I don't really want to, you know, give up my time. But I like what you're saying about it has to hurt. Like sometimes you mm -hmm. just don't get the nap and you go and do something for somebody instead, you know. One thing that I, need, I needed to remember at that time too is it's really hard to teach a kid that's 9, 10, or 11 to be generous. So if you start when they're little, living that lifestyle, they pick up on it. And we kind of tried to change our attitude about that too, is I, even though it hurts a little bit right now, what am I presenting to my children? I want them to be generous people, especially, um, this is probably something we don't want to get into, but you're a teacher. You know how you know how it is the the this age it's it's more and more about self. So teaching them to be generous, even starting now. I mean, she's really little, but they pick up on it quicker than what you think. So, Scott. Oh, <laughs> not Scott. Chris. I just um, had something I wanted to add for you, Faith. Um, so there was a point in my life um, to where I. I used to give like 5% of my income. I'm not trying to mean it. Um, Lord. We wanted you to put that on the recording a little bit louder, if you don't mind. Um, there used to be a point in my life where I gave 5%, um, you know, of my income to, to generosity, you know, things like that. Um, and the reason I had that 5% was because um, I, was, I was doing a whole lot more than that and putting myself in not so good of a financial situation because I tend to be very generous. Oh, let me help you with that. Let me, let me do that. Let me take care of that. And then was like, whoa, I blew a whole lot more money than I anticipated. Um, but here, you know, over the past couple of years, um, because I'm not making the money that I used to make a couple of years back, um, that's changed to like 1%. And so um, I think that in different stages of our lives, um, we have to kind of rebalance things and, and that applies to finances, that applies to generosity, I mean, that applies to, to everything, you know, our time. And so just wanted to, you know, just kind of look and be like, well, wh what does generosity look like for me in this stage of my life? That's good. I would say, not, and this is not being suggested in any way, but just as a good balancing point, no pun intended with our series, I would say, uh, Unfortunately, unfortunately, I've been on a plane four times in the last two weeks, and you hear them say that phrase about oxygen masks, right? Make sure you apply that. Put yours on first before you help other people around you. Make sure you secure and fasten yours on first. There's a very real part of this that you have to make sure you take care of yourself first. Make sure that you're in a healthy place to be able to bless other people to where if you're always like, hey, let me help you with this need. Hey, let me go run this errand for you. Let me go do this. You're giving up yourself constantly. You are... Your, if your self-care is not important and a priority in your life, generosity will actually burn you, not help you. And God's desire is that it would change you and transform you to become someone. But that can't be done if you're running on empty in the process. 
So that's an important, I think, foundational caveat that we all need to hear in this process. We're not saying go burn yourself in the process and give all your money away. We're saying learn to take care of yourself, and part of that is learning to live generously. You can overextend yourself in every way, financially yep. and emotionally. Yep. So you just have to make sure that that balance is there. I like it. We got time for one more question. I can just share some stories that we had at our table. Yeah. Um, one of the, the cool things that we kind of talked a little bit about is that when you choose to be generous to somebody else, um, that act goes so much farther beyond whatever the actual thing you're being generous with. So like mm. and we went around the table and everybody was able to share a story of a time in their life where somebody was uh, just incredibly generous, some act that provided for a need or maybe just went over and above, uh, whatever the case may be. And with each person that went around, it was always, you know, it was, it was great to have them be generous, to have that money or to have this food. But really it was about the heart of that person and recognizing that uh, they care enough to want to do that for me, right? So it's more, it's as, as much about the heart behind it as it is the actual, like, concrete whatever gift or, you know, service that you're doing. Yeah. It's when you do that, it shows the heart behind that. And, and, and for at least the stories that we shared at our table, that was the more overwhelming part that, yes, I may have had this need that was met, and that's, that's a blessing, but it's the heart behind the person that says, I want to do this for you, mm. and I want to bless you in that way. That becomes more than just the money that's given or the need that's met. That's cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and transition to this time to a time of worship. Uh, I appreciate Jeff uh, finishing things up that way. And, and the reason why I think that's really important is because uh, we are, I think, at Awaken Church, we're very transparent. I hope that you feel that way, at least about pretty much everything that we do, leadership changes, uh, finances. We try and be a very transparent and genuine church and how we are very authentic and how we communicate things. And so part of it is very strategic, right? Over the next two weeks in a vision check series that we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about where we've been as a church and where we're going as a church. And without a vision and a direction, the Bible tells us that people perish. And so we want to be a church that knows collectively where we're going and what we're doing. And it's not at all by mistake that we have a conversation about how do we overcome the trials and the things in our life, right? How do we live balanced lives in our finances? How do we learn to worship with a reckless man? All these series we've been doing are leading up to this. And even within the context here over the next two weeks, we're going to challenge you. As we did last year, we'll continue to do this on an annual basis moving forward for every family unit at Awakened Church to decide what their giving pledge is for 2019 and 2020. And we didn't do that during the series because we want to talk about, like Jeff said, the heart of the matter is far more important to us than a percentage. So the goal is to not ask for anything from you in the series. The goal is to help align our hearts with where God's heart is, to help show you scripture and practical steps so that as a church, when we can rally together around a vision we can decide as a family unit collectively, which is a reflection of your individual families, where we're at and where God's taking us in the process. 
We'd love to have some awesome dream budget of like, hey, we built this whole awesome budget. What do you guys think? And we've learned that actually part of being a good steward as a church means understanding where you and your family are at so that we can make sure that God is allowing us to steward our finances well. And so this annual giving pledge that we'll start to do over the next several weeks, which will lead into our following series after Easter, we're inviting you into this process. And again, I just want this perspective of the heart piece to be where you come back to, right? David was telling a story at our table just about how that it's not about this. He's learned over the last three years. It's not about this obedience thing. It's really become a heart thing for him. And that's been huge. And I would say to challenge hopefully all of us in the room to not view these next few weeks as a moment of, of are you going to, to obey some principle or rule? But really we're inviting you into a journey because as we shared in this, in this process, awaken wants something for you, not from you. I want to say that again. Awaken wants something for you, not from you. We're not here because you want money from you. That's an amazing thing I love telling people. That's not what we're here for. We want something for you. We want you to live generous and good stewards. We want that for everyone here. And we think that we're better together when we can do that. We can accomplish more for the kingdom of heaven when we choose to do this together. So I hope that you've enjoyed this balance series. We're going to end it with these last two songs here. Um, so if you will, just go ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing some songs, and then Jeff and Neil will lead us here. I'm just going to pray to kind of close out our time of discussion. King Jesus, we do thank you so much just for the chance that we get to have an honest conversation about our finances, about our resources, and most importantly about just what it means for us to live generous lives. God, as we worship now in this moment as, as families, as individuals, and as a church body collectively, God, I pray that you would just continue to work on our hearts. That God, if there's baggage and hurts, God, I pray that you would begin to heal those and lift those off of our shoulders. And God, I pray also that you would invite us into the next level of wherever you're taking us. Maybe it's through one of the practical steps shared over the last several weeks or maybe it's something different, God, but wherever you're calling each of us, God, I pray that you would begin to help us just to take that next baby step forward on the journey of where you're growing us on the pathways of stewardship and generosity so that we can truly be those disciples that you've called us to be, Christ followers as missionaries to live on mission with you throughout the Hampton Roads area. So God, we take this as an exclamation point, as a moment to celebrate what you've been doing in our hearts over the last several weeks. And God, we just pray that this moment of worship, God, would truly be about our hearts so that you can continue to transform our minds and also our hands and feet. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.